welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I'm joined, as always, by co-host of the One Life Podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. That's right. Thank you for that great introduction, too. And uh, I remember done meet you. That's right. I'm surprised you remember it after all the time we've been off. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's like, been a while. It has been a really, really long while, yeah. and I feel kind of guilty. It, Do you? It's like... It's kind of like I have, you know, I don't post on Instagram much at all. Post, you know, I just don't do that much. And I just have Instagram guilt. Well, I you have guilt about that? I haven't done a podcast in a long time guilt. Yes. Yeah. I do. I feel guilty for it. I feel like I should be doing it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's, it's not the Bible or anything, but it's just. Yeah. Instagram is changing yeah. anyway. I've oh, heard. good. Okay. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's moving to TikTok. That's what I hear. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyway, Um, but yeah, we didn't want to talk about that. But first, we want to celebrate one thing. Um, This is episode 100, Brett. I know. Episode 100 of the One 100 of these, yeah. Yeah. And I remember before we did any of them at all. And, you know, can we do this? Should we do this? It was just an idea that, you know, kind of got brought up in a meeting one time. And I was like, I really want to try. Can I try it? And here we are. There you go. That's right. 100 later. It's awesome. Yeah. And um, today we get to celebrate 100 episodes with our friend Kat. Kat, welcome back to the One Life Podcast. You've been here before. You've been on podcast before. I have. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And um, we want to, well, one, I guess we should start out talking about where we have been, Brett, why we haven't been on. We didn't get to talk about that. That would be great. Yeah, that's right. So it's laziness or anything. No, I wasn't. Okay, it was partially. <laughs> well, I mean, this is our first episode in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, our last episode was uh, before Christmas, and uh, we've been talking about some things in the podcast we want to do, things we want to update, things we want maybe maybe uh, just want to do different, and one of them was starting to go to every other week um, instead of every week, and mostly because we just want to take that off week, because one thing that I feel like we both have said is we want more time to plan. We want to plan some of these conversations and um, stories we want to share, and so we want to use that off week to take that same, same space and, uh, and plan. And then also we're looking at another option of um, starting maybe even a second podcast. Yes, that's yeah. true. I kind of go ahead and get that out there. Yeah. Because yeah. the idea, we, we did see a benefit and we can see benefit coming in the future of some series that we're, we just talked about even today. Uh, we, want the, we want the podcast to add value. I mean, the goal is not you so you can listen, especially listen to me talk more, uh, but, but to add value and, and deepen subject matter, which we've been able to do in the course of the 100. We've had some really neat episodes where people can kind of get behind the scenes or they can, we can take a subject from Sunday and just go deeper with it uh, right. in one form or the other. But the other one we're conceiving of, which was a goal of the original podcast, was to let people know what's happening in the tri-state because there's a lot of good things that are happening that a lot of people just don't know about. Uh, A friend of mine that moved in from out of town several years ago had lived in a lot of different communities. She said this community has the worst self-esteem of any community she'd ever seen. And uh, and, and a lot of it's just because people don't know the good that's actually going on. They may fear the bad. So so that's why we're conceiving of a second one that would be devoted to reporting out uh, what's going on around the tri-state because there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, and we know that we've been getting some great feedback. Thank you for uh, sending in some things on Facebook and also uh, to the email at podcast.onelifechurch.org letting us know some of the things that you've liked. And uh, actually, a lot of people have responded well when we talk about things just from One Life. So um, we know that's probably our primary audience, but we've always wanted to um, be able to speak to the community at large and that anybody just listening to the podcast. Did I hear that? Did I hear what people liked? Uh, I don't think you shared that with me. I might not Did you? Okay. Well, we haven't talked about the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about it right now. Uh, Sit there for a little bit, Kat, while we're (laughs) talking about the podcast. It's totally fine. But uh, but no, we do want to talk to Kat while she's here. That's why she's here today. And and Kat, um, 
first off, so we don't want to talk, we do want to talk about um, kind of a new adventure they're getting ready to start or has started already and have been a part of really for, gosh, eight months now. Yeah. Um, but also um, that that new adventure has shifted you away from being on staff here full-time at One Life Church. And so we want to start out having people just know a little bit about you. Tell us what your role has been here at One Life Church first and um, a little bit about what that means. Yeah. So um, I was the uh, director of Next Gen Ministries, uh, which, you know, when you say that, a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What is the director of Next Gen Ministries? So um, my role, I was responsible for all age birth to college, really, ministries, um, and just making sure that those ministries um, were resourced and, um, you know, happening um, within our within our church. So, um, yeah. Birth to college. Birth, birth to college. <laughs> so a little bit, of, okay, a little bit of overload on the on the job description there. Uh, Everybody knows that. We, yes. Uh, but that's, at the time, that was what we had available on the budget. And we said, right. okay, we, we've got to have somebody that can cover all of that. And so you were the one that um, I did my best. made the mistake of signing on the dotted line. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. So, um, and so I was I was thinking about that. So people like will ask like, what are some of the things that maybe um, had to happen every week, or maybe some of the things that you got to do? Um, the question that I really wanted to ask is like, what's one thing that people don't know that probably something you had to do almost every week or pretty frequently that maybe people would never think about has to be done. Um, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about that recently with um, good old COVID would mm-hmm. be sitting in elementary with these little personal pencil boxes, and I literally Lysoled markers and crayons each week. Wow. Like, that was <laughs> something I did every week, uh, making sure that everything was sanitized. But no, I mean, curriculum support, you know, was one of the big things, just making sure that when kids did come in on Sunday, um, they had all the resources they needed uh, for that week's lesson. So, yeah, I've I've learned a law over the uh, over the course of just doing church work and things, and this is true, uh, you know, even beyond church stuff. If if things ever feel like they're running smoothly and everything's in its place and all the details are taken care of, and and you're just participating in it as someone in the audience or whatever, and you go and think, man, that was amazing, that was great. That means that someone back behind the scenes was sweating bullets and stressed, uh, and because someone stressed over those details and got it all done, and it was just kind of served up, you never even noticed. So. The more that happens, you can you can bet on that. And so, Kat, that was a lot of your job. Yes, it <laughs> you was. get stressed, so other people don't have to. That's, That's exactly that's what it, it was. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and I, I have this pretty frequently, especially if I'm talking to someone who maybe uh, isn't uh, isn't a part of like a ministry or church, doesn't attend church, or um, hasn't been to one in a while. And I, they say, "What do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm communications director for One Life Church." Like, oh, but. Like, what's your job? And I'm like, oh, I'm the communications director. <laughs> but what do you do throughout the week? You just work on Sunday, right? And I'm like, no, oh. no, no, no. no. <laughs> so no, so no. those are things that I think about, you know, in, in the next gen role. Even Brett and I have no idea um, all the things that you guys are having to do or I shouldn't say having to, getting to do each week to be a yeah. part of resourcing um, volunteers. I think that's probably a, a large part of your yeah. role is resourcing volunteers. Volunteers, right? parents, you know, parents. One, one thing that we really strive to do was partner with our parents um, so that they, you know, had an understanding of what, what the kiddos were doing each Sunday and how they could, you know, continue those conversations and um, those lessons at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I think um, back to like some of the experiences I remember, like, your first staff retreat and like just the excitement right of, of like 
we're all like, it's okay. Just, it's going to be okay. You feel really excited right now. And you're like, what are you guys talking about? Like, I'm going to feel this way forever. And there is a moment probably in, in most, (laughs) in any job, not just a church staff, but you know, you kind of hit this point where you're like, okay, I need a break. I need to take some time and rest. And, um, I'm sure you had seasons of that, of ups and downs and like excitement, but also like, okay, what am I doing right now? Like I'm Lysoling markers, like, you know, but those things I have, we all have to remind ourselves add up to, um, avenues and places where kids can connect with Jesus and seeing that. So, yeah, um, I loved just, you know, being obedient and knowing that it was a calling for me, knowing that I was here, um, because I had been called to, to do, you know, his work. And so for me, um, that was the best part of it. Tell me how you, because I know we talked about this a little bit before. Tell me your kind of story of coming to One Life and how all of that, even becoming on staff, like how that came about. Yeah. So I was actually uh, working part-time um, as the connections director. Is that what it's called? That's right. <laughs> Why did I not remember <laughs> that? your job. You don't know what it's called? You tell me. Connections. That's right. Connections, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was doing that and working full-time. Um, and I loved my job. Uh, I, I loved it. I was an expert. I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, I worked for two just top-notch individuals. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I thought I would be there forever. Um, and I had a conversation with two ladies uh, who, at the same time, thought of me for a, a position that was open for another nonprofit in town. And whenever that conversation happened, I thought, oh, like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, I love what I do. I should, you know, I shouldn't go anywhere. Um, but that single conversation led me to start praying, uh, you know, what are you, what are you calling me to do? Are you calling me away from, you know, what I love the most? And uh, he was, um, and I landed at one life. Uh, it's funny because I had a conversation with Bob Seymour and he said, why haven't you applied for that? And I said, I'm not qualified. (laughs) I'm not qualified for that position. Um, and, you know, he assured me that I was more than qualified. And so that's kind of where that started. Um, but I knew without a doubt in in the course of that time, um, praying through that, that, that full-time ministry is where I was meant to be. Was there something particularly about that role, uh, the next-gen thing, <laughs> birth to college, which is still kind of comical <laughs> to me, but is there something particular about that role that just kind of, touched your heart in a way that uh, maybe other role that opened up would uh, would not necessarily yeah. um I love kids I love students um especially I, I definitely have a, a deep passion for students um I always thought like man if I had a role model in my life whenever I was a teen um that could really mentor me and be there for me you know like I didn't have that and so I wanted to be that for others, um, especially in the teen years, because those are the hardest years. Those are the toughest years. And so um, I love, you know, I love kids. I love students, but I love people and I love helping people. Um, That's my biggest thing is really just being able to be in a situation where I can help others. Yeah. And that's what, and, and that's what Kat brought to the uh, to the job was, and that's what people sometimes overlook. It, you you do you spray lice on things and 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 organize things, and you're in a lot of meetings to try to process what does things look, what do these things look like for. Yeah. But it's always driven, and I know the others in Next Gen. It's driven by that 
that desire to maybe even give what you didn't have or, or see the the deep importance for i mean we need to remember that especially when it comes to student ministry all of us remember how hard high school years were we, we do but that's the drive that's what i love you know all the organization and the, and the programs or whatever ideas are coming out it's really fundamentally about just trying to provide that mentoring thing that many of us long for but didn't have and so that's and and cat lived that out big time yeah, you really did in kind of a crazy way that leads to your next thing that you're going to be doing we'll tell you about here in a moment but yeah. uh, you know just that, that that passion for wanting to help people and kind of be that that you maybe didn't have yeah so i think you kind of talked a little, a little bit about some of your favorite parts of that role um already any other things that come to mind any stories or any experiences um one what I, I talked to a couple people today i'm like what are some things that you would celebrate about cat and somebody said um when you were on big deal when you the year you were on big deal how much fun uh, you were and how yeah. funny you were and like seemed like how much fun you had being on it and like that experience in itself like so big deal theater is something that we um try to do a couple times a year and it's, it's kind of a, a large production specifically for kids and families to come together um we we did one virtual this year, but we've usually done them live. But there's an entire cast. There's a script. I mean, it's it's a full-on production, um, and it's a lot of fun. I it, mean, yeah, it was so much fun. And I had I had parents and even kids come to me afterwards, and they're like, "We had no idea that you were like like that you could be like this." <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I can be fun when I want to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, big deal was a lot of fun. Um, the people. Man, the people that I worked with were amazing. Um, all the next gen staff, and then of course uh, Josh and Ryan. I just we had we just had some really good times together. Um, so yeah, the people. Yeah, again, back to the people. I get that. I understand that, and I guess this is a good time to point out: cats not leaving one life. No, no, just not on staff. Um, but I think that's always one thing. But we want to take an opportunity, obviously, <laughs> to just talk about um, some of the other things that you are doing. Um, what are some things in that role that surprised you? That surprised me. Um, I think we all come in with like, "Here's what I think this is going to be," you know, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't think that that's something that has to be done, like curriculum support or." <laughs> Yeah, curriculum support, back to that. Um, you know, all the event planning, like I was an event planner as well. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the event planning, um, that was definitely a surprise. I loved it, I guess. I mean, I was, I enjoyed it, yeah. uh, but it wasn't something that I expected. Um, all of the um, meetings, I was yeah. in meetings a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it, I what, a was, whole lot. Well, yeah, the, what's <laughs> funny is it, it, people could probably criticize that, you know, like, well, you're in meetings all the time. Well, because it takes open communication between people. Yeah. That's just what you have to do because a lot of people have their, uh, you know, are, are working with this and, and bouncing ideas off one another, and you need others to support. You don't just kind of ride solo. And so, oh, yeah, uh, they were I've helpful, been made fun of for how many meetings I'm in because I spend a lot of my time in meetings, but yeah. you got to get together with others just to talk through, okay, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And all that sort of stuff but that's yeah, yeah it probably was surprising amount of yes uh, how that works definitely i was thinking you're talking about people and 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 the things you guys were able to do i remember so you, in henderson you and a team of people came up with the idea for wednesday night students like yeah. that was something that was started that now happens at every one life campus um and really you guys um tested it out you know see if kids wanted it obviously they did you know they wanted a place to belong can you tell us a little bit about how that came about 
Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun just, you know, trying to figure that out. Um, we actually had a full student band uh, in the beginning. And so that was fun to, um, to get, you know, those kids together. And, um, it, it was just, it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of, oh, this isn't working, um, in this big room with, you know, 20 to 30 kids. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun, just a lot of trial and error in the beginning, just trying to figure out what it looked like. And, but kids loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had a great time. We played games and, um, we always had, you know, a great turnout, great, in the beginning, we had a, a huge amount of volunteers, so it was a lot of fun. When a lot of fun, you know, as you were talking about wanting to mentor kids, and that's kind of why you get into the whole thing. And, and one of the things that we believe in from uh, birth to college is partnering with parents. I, I I guess I'd be interested to know that once you, how long did you do this? By the way, I don't, I should know this, but I don't know the answer. Uh, about three oh, yeah. years. Three years. Okay. So, in the course of that, what did you observe that you could pass on, even parents, or that are raising, especially middle school and high school kids? What are there any things that you observe? You would say, "Hey, you should know this about your children as they're going through these ages." I think that would be helpful to all of us that are have tried to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, teens want to be heard. Um, and they want to be supported by those around them. They want to be loved. And, um, yeah, they. I think the biggest thing is they want to be heard. They want to know that um, they can they can come to you and, and talk to you about something and it's not going to be squashed or you're not going to, you know, blow it out of proportion. Or they just want to be heard. They want yeah. to know that what they are thinking or feeling, um, their emotions are, are real. And right. to them in that moment, they are real. Um, and so that's probably one thing that I hear the most from my teen girls um, is we just want to be heard. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so have you learned the art of, of not reacting <laughs> when they say things? Because that's probably what most face. parents said. Okay, good. <laughs> so as a parent, develop your poker face, even though your your mind's probably blowing off the top of your head. Uh just try to keep your cool in the yes. face of it might be good. It's important. <laughs> okay. Which is not easy to do as no. having parented teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really? Is that right? Okay. <laughs> my um, newest addition to my home, Alasia, she's 16. One of the first things she said to me was, Kat, how are you so patient? <laughs> like, I've never met someone as patient as you. And I don't know, other than, you know, God's grace, but... Um, that was huge to her is, you know, you're just, you grow with it and right. you don't react, um, yeah. to every little thing that's, br- you know, yeah. brought your way. And there's lots of stuff that comes my way these days. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a good time to transition over <laughs> to tell you a little bit about what that means. And that's so, right. uh, tell us a little about your, you have something that you really, you know, know that God's called you towards, um, even still part of the next generation, but maybe in a different way. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm um, a new foster parent. I've been fostering since um, officially August of this past year, and I love every minute of it. Um, It's great. I currently have uh, two twin babies and a 16-year-old, and I really feel, I mean, this really just deep pull um, to fill my house up. Um, And when I say that and when I think about that, I don't even remember when this was, Brett, but 
I remember years ago us having a conversation. I don't know what the question was. Again, I'm not sure the context of the conversation, but I remember telling you that if I could have a house full of kids, I would. Yeah. Um, and that's been, I mean, that was something the Lord laid on my heart years ago. Never, ever did I have any idea that he would, desi- you know, fill that desire with foster kids. Um, but he is, and I, I do, I just, I really, I see more kids. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't see it just stopping at three. Wow. So, well, and that, that gives you probably the prize not to, um, not to downgrade anybody that's, that's gone on from our staff before we've had people go to different things and, but you arguably had the coolest reason to, <laughs> to step out and the most mind blowing, like, Oh, you want to do what? Really? Yeah. Okay. So and it was to go into fostering full time. Yeah. What it came down to, what, you amazing. know, what I realized, uh, pretty quickly into the fostering gig was, um, I don't want to do anything halfway. And I knew that I couldn't run a full-time next-gen ministry and a full-time fostering ministry and do them both well. Um, and so I knew that I was called to fostering. I had no doubt about that. And so, yeah, that's that's where I landed, and yeah. I'm super excited about it. Well, and, and it sounds like maybe a simple question, but it's not really meant to be. What is it about fostering? Because some people may look at that and go, wow, that sounds like an immense challenge. Uh, and you could even fill in some blanks on maybe some things that we don't know about fostering, because uh, I'm sure everybody has their image yeah. and then the reality. But what is it about it that was particularly appealing that made you jump so headlong into it all? Um, well, uh, I'll start back kind of at the beginning. I first heard of, um, well, I first knew that the Lord was calling me to fostering actually my first week on staff at One Life, (laughs) uh, which is kind of crazy. We went to a four Evansville event. I was there with you, Brett, uh, and Ryan, and there were a couple others there and they talked about foster care and the harsh realities and the statistics and how if one household out of however many would become a foster parent these kids may have a chance you know these kids may have um have a chance in life and so for me it was I want to be that person that shows a child who is in a awful chaotic abusive who knows what situation um that there are people out there that care about them there are people out there who love them and who want to support them. And so even if they do go back into those homes, because most of the time they do, um, they'll still know, they'll go back knowing that there is normalcy in the world and there are people wow. who care about them. Yeah. Well, the other thing I do remember about that fostering thing too, they, they talked about the harsh realities of the need, mm-hmm. but they also talked about the harsh realities of doing it. Yes. Uh, because there's this big appeal that it should be done, but they, they almost try to talk people out of it in order to get them to do it because uh, mm-hmm. to get the right people doing it. So can you fill in a little bit on that? I mean, those, those harsh realities that, um, that you may face. Yeah. I mean, um, for me in the beginning, it's the stories, the gut wrenching stories of what these kids are going through, what these kids are living in day in and day out. Um, it's rough. I mean, Again, I've only been doing this since August, and and the stories have been just gut-wrenching. So um, that, for me, is the hardest part. It's just knowing knowing where these kids have been and what they've gone through. Um, And it just blows my mind. But then you had twins, and then you 
adopted a 16 year old and now you want more. <laughs> yeah. So, so whenever I went into this, I said, Oh yeah, I'll take, uh, you know, any, any girls right. zero to five. That was my idea. Um, well, God had different plans and he gave me twins, a girl and a boy. <laughs> um, they've been with me since August and they'll probably be with me three to six more months. They are actually, um, going up for adoption soon. Um, and it's actually pretty cool because there's a family within our One Life family um, who's interested in adopting them. Oh, my goodness. So you, maybe we'll have more on that some other time. Yeah, um, part two. Here it comes. Yeah. All right. Good. So that's really exciting. Um, and I've been asked the question, uh, how can you let them go? Like, you have, you know, you've cared for them. How can you just let them go? Because I know I'm not called to adopt them. I know that I am mm-hmm. called to foster more kids. And if I adopt them, I, my home would be closed. I would not be able to continue to foster. Mm. And so I know that I'm called yeah. to, to the many and not just the few. Right. Um, and then the 16-year-old was not my plan at all. <laughs> I, I, it's I mean, probably not a lot of people's plans because no, that's I, intimidating to even you know yes. the biological parents to, right. to raise their 16-year-old. is not easy. Yes, that was not part of my plan. Um, I received a phone call. Actually, let me back up just a little bit. I had told my worker uh, just a week before that I was feeling called to adopt a 17-year-old that was getting ready to age out of the system because when kids age out of the system, they're done. They have no one. Mm. They have nothing. So if they've been in foster care most of their life or even just a few years and they turn 18, they're done. Like they don't have anyone to call family. They don't have anywhere to call home. And all I could think about was my child. I have a um, almost 20 year old in college and I just could not imagine him not having somewhere to call home. Yeah. Um, and it broke my heart. And so as the Lord laid this on my heart, I knew that eventually that would be some, you know, something that I would, that I would get into is the older kids. Um, so anyway, fast forward, A week later, I get a phone call on a Friday night, I think, and, hey, we need a weekend placement, just a temporary respite placement. It's for a 17-year-old. Are you interested? (laughs) Yeah, God, of course I'm interested, (laughs) you know. Anyway, she was 15. Mm. Uh, She was not 17 at the time. She's now 16. But anyway, um, and I can't imagine life without her. We will most definitely be, be adopting her uh, in the near future. Well, and it's totally a God. I mean, like right. that was not my plan. I say that uh, a lot because it wasn't, uh, I give God all the glory for that one because I would not have said yes to that phone call. If they said she was 15. Well, I just wouldn't have. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah well, and that's, you know, I never thought of that before too. That like when you go out into the world, um, not having a family uh, because I watch my own kids and they're all of age to, to be out in the world. But mm-hmm. even the fact of having a home, I always had that. I mean, you yeah. know, I talked to my mom today, you know, and she's still my mom, even though I'm, you know, 50 something. But I've had the benefit of that. And you wonder what kind of emotional benefit you take for granted when you have that versus when you don't, you're 18. Okay. You're out of the system. Now take on the world. And, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that could be really, really rough and very, very difficult. Yeah. So uh, that's it's amazing you had a sensitivity to that. I love that. So I have a couple of things that popped in my head. One, so when you foster, you, do you know how long? Is there a, no. a time limit? So it mm-hmm. could be. 
you know, they could call and say it's a temporary placement that could turn into a lifelong placement um, like mine, but most of the time they don't know. They say it can be anywhere from two days to two years Mm -hmm. um, because most kids are in the system about two years, Mm -hmm. um, and then they go up for adoption. Um, So, yeah, two days or two years. And then you mentioned um, your older son. You have a daughter as well. Mm -hmm. Well, What's their reaction been to this? Like, how have they responded uh, Madeline loves it. My daughter, she's eight and, um, she loves it. She is such a little mama <laughs> and she just, she does. She absolutely loves it. She has a great time. Uh, there hasn't been one moment of jealousy that I've seen. Now that doesn't mean that she hasn't been jealous, but she has, I mean, she has held herself really well through this all. Now I have seen moments of fits through thinking the twins may leave one day. Um, that's going to be the hardest part for her mm-hmm. is when we have kids yeah. walk through the door and then they leave um, because she loves and cares very deeply for people. And so that that's going to be the hardest part for her. And then my son, uh, I'll never forget the day that I told him that I wanted to foster. Um, of course, I had the conversation with him first before I moved forward just because I was taking his room. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the yeah, way. By the way. <laughs> See ya. I'm glad you're going to college. When you come home the next time, this, uh, yeah. 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 So I I really wanted to have his blessing and I wanted to sit, to sit down and have a conversation with him. And I will never forget. Um, He started crying and tears came to his eyes and he was like, mom, that's, that's so awesome. Like that's the best thing ever that you could do. And so knowing that he was that okay with it made it even more of, you know, something I wanted to run straight into school yeah he's a cool kid he he's so awesome yeah um so i mean really when you think about you know the next few years you don't know what that looks like at this point but you know that the op that this is what you want to do yeah i have Um, no doubt about it uh when people look at this and they say cat how can we support you what would you say um prayer obviously Uh, one thing that has been the most amazing thing is I have um, a Facebook group where I just kind of puke out what's happening and what's going on and uh, maybe the current needs that I have and just the support from my community has been amazing. But the most amazing was when the twins came. I mean, it was like having two newborn babies in the house. Um, They weren't newborn, but that's what it was like. And I was still working here full time and um, I had just people showing up and bringing me food and holding a baby so I could go shower or holding a baby so I could fix my my eight-year-old dinner um just showing up unexpectedly like I don't even care if you tell me you're coming I'm gonna I'm gonna say come in when you get there <laughs> because I keep that in mind now <laughs> yeah um but that that's you know that was the most amazing right. thing so far but yeah just support just knowing that my community is is out there supporting what I'm doing Oh, that's that is incredible. Yeah, I remember my, when I our first child was born and she's an infant, and we, my wife and I looked at each other. Can you imagine having two of these at once? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there were two of us. Oh. So uh, it, it is. I don't know how you do it. I uh, I, I don't get it, but I but I love and, and everybody can obviously hear that it's driven by a genuine sense of calling and genuine sense of passion. This is not a resentful walk in any way, and okay. that's what's going to sustain you over time. So we hope and pray that you'll you'll keep that joy and you'll keep that. Um, 
just that strength that comes from that uh, through all of it because it, it is remarkable uh, the difference that can end up making in, in a child's life. I mean, yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Give them a right. home. That's amazing. Yep. Kat, anything else to add? Um, I don't want to. I want to give you an opportunity. Anything else that maybe we didn't touch on, or um, no? I mean, I mentioned you know that that the calling for fostering happened the first week at One Life, um, and I truly believe that the Lord took me away from what I believe was my forever job um, to One Life to to ministry because I knew I was called to ministry. Um, <laughs> so He brought me to One Life to guide me through a journey to fostering. No doubt about that. Um, I would not be where I am today if I did not come on, you know, come to staff at One Life Um, and just have that freedom to do what I love to do. Um, And yeah, so I give it all obviously to God, but I know that that was uh, his works and, and part of his journey was One Life. So. Yeah, I remember the interviews where it, it was. There was definite. You know, this, I, I'm just called to this. I just know I am, yeah. and it's. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily how you get a job, but I mean, we we knew that there was. I had this deep conviction, and if I don't do it here, I'm going to do it somewhere. Yeah, and uh, and that was that was a real thing. And knowing that it's it was the stair step into what you're doing now, that your house will be full. That's 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 fantastic. I love it. Yeah, and I think one more thing is, as I felt the Lord calling me to fostering full time. Um, at first I was like, no way, no way could he be calling me out of what he just called me to, you know, because yeah. really I, I haven't been on staff very long, just a couple of years. And so I fought it. I'm like, no, that, this can't be right. Um, and I felt like if I left one life, I was going to be being disobedient. Um, and when I finally said, I'm an internal processor. So I, I just think all of these things to myself and I don't tell anyone what I'm thinking, but when I finally sat down with my very best friend, um, she said, Kat, you've never said that you're called to church ministry. <laughs> you said you're called to ministry, and fostering is ministry. And so your heart has changed. That's okay. Yeah. Like, so after that conversation, I finally felt a relief of yeah. knowing that I wasn't going to be disobedient <laughs> by leaving the church work, um, that I was, you know, I'm still doing God's work. It's just in a different way. So yeah, there's a, there's a great lesson in there that ministry, uh, which means service, uh, it, mean, it can change expressions and we'll all yeah. go through that in one form or the other. Your ministry expression will change over time, whether it's full time at a church or not full time at a church or whatever else. Uh, but what I love is that you, you obviously have just followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit and, yeah. and uh, he's getting you from one place to the other. And that's how you end up coming to the end of your life saying, Hey, I ran the race and and fulfillment's there, and the fruit is there, and the impact is there, and that's how it works. That's yep. how it's supposed to. So proud of you for that. It's, that's you. fantastic. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to miss you and, you know, the planning and the conversations and the meetings, even <laughs> the meetings. And the um, Lysol. And the, the Lysol, yeah. yeah. Um, but, man, I mean, I'm so glad that we were able to sit down here. For me, one, I love hearing this because um, I know knew a little bit about what you're doing, but I haven't got to hear some of this. So uh, hopefully other people have been blessed by it, as I know I have. So um, we're excited for you and excited for hopefully an update, uh, another episode maybe. Yeah. Uh, a little bit down the road we'll see where things are going and um, continue hearing your story and the story of other people coming through your house which I think is going to be incredible as well so um, yeah Brett anything to close with 
Well, uh, we are speaking of ministry, and uh, we this coming uh, Sunday we are going to be doing a connection event that's going to be a little bit different than maybe people expect, and uh, just some things in our hearts about uh, in this season that our whole church is in. Uh, we want to help people find that ministry, but maybe in a little bit different way than you expect. We'll just leave it at that. Oh, a teaser. Little a teaser. teaser. That's right. A little teaser. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening. You can um, watch as well. We're on YouTube um, as well. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we always appreciate the follow, share, comment. Let us know what you think. Email us podcast at onelifechurch.org. And um, we'll see you again next time as we're now in episode 101. 101. Week, so. That's right. Uh, we'll see you again next time.